0: Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Gelling. And this is our monthly podcast where we explore the celestial vibe, the astrological landscape for the month. We have a tarot card, all with an eye towards providing insight and enabling you to have more consciousness and a life lived with more well-being. So, Happy New Year, Stephanie. Happy New Year. And what a year
1: it is going to
0: be. It's going to be a big one, 2019. So, this is our podcast for January 2019. And, you know, the year kind of starts out with some fire because we've got Mars, which is the planet of how we move forward in life in the sign of of Aries. And it went into Aries on New Year's Eve. And it's going to be in there for a little bit, right? Yes, it will be in there through February, Okay, mid February. Also starting off the month, we have a new moon solar eclipse in the sign of Capricorn. And not only is this eclipse, this is a very potent eclipse because it joins the planets of both Saturn and Pluto, which brings this kind of an extra layer of intensity. So let's start off by talking about the new moon solar eclipse. Okay, great. So right, as we've spoken about
1: before, any new moon solar eclipse, it is ushering in a new chapter of beginning. That said, for the beginning to emerge, you may have noticed that things are giving way, that there is closure in different aspects of the landscape of your life, as the new is looking for the stronger firmament to plant itself within, right? So obviously we always think about new moon, new, everything's fresh. Yes, and there is opening and there is oftentimes closing as well preceding that. Right. So the new moon in Capricorn, Capricorn being about structure and organization and business and things of the mundane world world. We may find for ourselves personally that this is ushering in a new chapter related to how we define duty. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be loyal? What does it mean to be dutiful? Mm -hmm. How we hold ourselves with accountability and responsibility? And what do we really want to work hard on to craft, to create, to embody, to be able to to inspire a sense of
0: legacy, I always think about legacy when I think uh-huh, about cap, right? Choir. Right, especially with, you know, the solar eclipse in there, you know, because to me, solar eclipses have so much to do with, you know, the sun and, you know, the dynasty, what you're calling the legacy. And solar eclipses have a lot to do with like the outer world, what's happening in governments, what's happening in, uh, you know, different monarchies. It's that bigger picture, which is so Capricorn. And, of course, we've got this other layer here with Saturn and Pluto.
1: Yeah, and so it's really interesting, and it happens, you know, the first clips of the year is January 5th. And as we know, it's not just that's the day, it's just that day. It whispers in for weeks before. So as 2018 turns into 2019, we're likely feeling this. And I can't help but think on the world stage, when we think Mm -hmm. about structures, we think about government. Yes. You know, we think about businesses, we think about even maybe the financial markets, like what new thing is about to be born, yes. but yet what is being cast away possibly? And thinking about casting away, thinking about Saturn and Pluto, right? Saturn, which basically says like, look at this. Does this have bones? Right. Right. And if it doesn't, we see the consequences of that. Right. You know, I also think about Saturn and Capricorn now, about how we're really seeing, you know, the rule of law, that in fact there are consequences to your actions. Mm -hmm. And Pluto, again, the underworld, Pluto, what's behind the scenes, you know, and this notion of that which does not have vitality Mm. with Pluto does get stripped away. So it feels like a very intense way to start this year. Yes. And as we've spoken about, right, too, like there's something that occurs in 2020. Right, right. Which is, there's a few things that occur, but 2020 opens with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And without going into too much detail about that, we both feel, right, that this solar eclipse in the beginning of January is almost this like little bit of a mm-hmm. periscope into mm-hmm. what may it be. You know, yes. you may have been hearing about how twenty twenty feels like a transformational year and will we get some here's that word whispers again, but will <laughs> we get some whispers of what that might look like with this opening of this year.
0: Yes, and you know what as I, you know, have been feeling into this, you know, what it feels to me is, you know, Capricorn has so much to do with how we root. You know what I mean? And it just feels like, especially with that Pluto in there, that just someone's like digging in deep and just pulling us up by our roots, right? And so I think that there's this feeling, and yes, I think it's gonna definitely intensify next year, of not feeling rooted, Mm -hmm. you know, or that where we have rooted in the past is different. And I hear this from a lot of people. I hear that I feel this myself is, where do I place my roots? What What is my foundation? You know what I mean? With all of these kind of changes that are happening. Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. You know, that sense of root and that sense of like stand. Mm. Like, what is my standing? Mm-hmm. Where do I stand? How is the ground underneath my feet? supportive enough? Or can I find new ground under my feet to stand? Where do I take a stand? Like mm-hmm. all that also feels right. Capricorn. Right, yes. And the other thing, though, that occurs around this time of the solar eclipse is that Uranus is stationing and it stations direct on the next day, on the sixth. So basically the whole week still, we get this feeling of this strong Uranus. So we're looking at what are our roots? Are we rooted? Where are we standing? What are we taking a stand for? And as we know with Uranus, it does mark times, especially when it stations, of surprises of shocks. And I, you know, again, that notion of what, and who knows, we don't have a crystal ball, but it does feel like it is really rife that first week of January with, you know, something being revealed, Mm, right? Something being revealed that might have us gain a new sense of where is it that we feel rooted or we want to take a stand, but being really open to it may not even come from the place that we anticipated it to. Yes. And not to overuse that phrase that both you and I love, (laughs) but like... Definitely stay bouncy. (laughs) Yes, I was just
0: thinking hashtag bouncy, right? And I love that you're bringing in that kind of element of surprise, which is so Uranus. And, you know, as Uranus goes direct, this is its final run in Aries, and it's going to be in Aries and then it'll move into Taurus in March. But this is that kind of final moment of Uranus in Aries. And so it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, if any thing that started, you know, in that period. And, you know, Uranus and Aries to me just feels like revolution. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see kind of what shows up in the world. You know what I mean? Around that kind of revolutionary energy before it. And this is probably a bit of a stretch. I was going to say before it grounds in Tars, but I don't know that Uranus ever grounds, (laughs) but it will certainly be a different vibe. Yeah,
1: definitely a different vibe, right? And Uranus going into Taurus in 2018 in in May, but then going back into Aries the beginning of November, this sort of... Um, retracing its step there, almost like is it sort of cleaning up or, or giving us that sort of final closure of that shakeup in the Aryan realms mm-hmm. about the power of the individual, mm-hmm. about freedom, about rebellion against, yep. you know, that Aryan defense and, um, you know, marshalling our will and what have you. But again, that strong Uranus with that solar eclipse right next yep. door in time. And, you know, we could sort of play out what might be shown, what might occur on the collective stage, but in terms of how we might personally orient, like what are some of your thoughts about even for yourself or for me or for, you know, people
0: listening to us, like, how should we use that energy as we greet this new year? Well, you know, I honestly, it's hard for me to be a little bit impartial about this, (laughs) just because as I've talked about before, and you well know that I have my uh, Libra sun at 29 degrees Libra. And so this whole Aries, you know, going back into Aries and being around 29 degrees, what I every day, when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and unreal rooted. What I say is, well, I have Uranus opposite my son. And so I've had this very personal experience of Uranus. And I have to tell you, it has been a bit unsettling and at the same time, incredibly liberating. And the beauty of planets as they go retrograde and then go direct and then go retrograde is each time you learn how to work with the energies a little bit differently. And so I like to think in this last pass, right, (laughs) that I have begun to master this (laughs) Uranian kind of energy. And I will have to say, I think I am a bit more bouncy. I think I've learned to go more with the flow. I feel like I've been more open to just you know seeing what happens instead of being rigid in any ways especially around my expectations nice so we should
1: with that wisdom of that lived experience we should all like follow suit
0: from that that you just shared especially the first week of January yes so absolutely thank you for that Absolutely. And then, you know, we're not going to get any kind of reprieve here, you know, because we've got more. We've got another little pocket of planetary intensity happening uh, kind of pretty much uh, January 11th through the 18th. The big thing that's happening there is Mercury's conjunction with Saturn and Mercury's conjunction with with Pluto. So we've kind of got this deeper Mercury thing happening.
1: Yeah. So it almost feels like it's this resonance thread from that eclipse. And Mercury, as we know, is about how I understand and how I share, right? Mm -hmm. The planet of communication, the messenger planet. So we can't help but think, or I can't help but think, um, it's funny that I'm already Pun intended. At, well I'm already at we because like the next thing we're talking about is Neptune about the merging and I'm already like we think we feel well the thinking is so Mercury right So, <laughs> is you know will we not get more understanding perhaps of what it was that was evoked especially that first week of January in that second going into the third week yeah. we'll we be able to understand it will we also be able to give more voice to Mm, and communicate what it was that has been released for this new to usher in when it comes to again our sense of you know what does it mean for us to be loyal to be responsible Mm -hmm. you know to find standing yeah yeah so again i feel like from that 11th to the 18th it's about you know really digging into you know and that's very pluto really digging into like what is it that has just been moving what is it that's just been revealed how can i further understand it and are there any conversations that i need to have mm-hmm. or you know with another or you know messaging from my business let's say yeah.
0: that in terms of again bringing out a greater level of understanding. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as you're talking, what is coming to my mind is, well, you know, I think there might be some more perspective, Ooh, you know, perspective. kind of like a little bit more perspective here, which is, of course, always a very welcome thing to be happening. And speaking of perspective, <laughs> perspective, perspective, Speaking perspective. of perspective, what we have then coming up on January 13th is the Jupiter Neptune square. So Jupiter's in Sagittarius and Neptune's in Pisces and kind of the theme for that is what's real and what's not real. Yeah, so we have now that
1: Jupiter's in Sagittarius squaring Neptune in Pisces. Like talk for I'm thinking about how we can like put those two together like in terms of Jupiter and Sagittarius which really itself is this mark of the year Mm -hmm. Jupiter went into Sagittarius the beginning of November stays in 2019 through December 2nd so Jupiter can we maybe we
0: should talk about Jupiter and Sagittarius and then put
1: the Neptune what is real, what is not real piece on top of that. Absolutely.
0: What a good idea. So Jupiter and Sagittarius, and Jupiter's so at home in Sagittarius because uh, Jupiter is Sagittarius's ruling planet. And so to me, Jupiter Sagittarius is very much kind of like a big picture energy. It's very global. You know, it's where we're really kind of looking at, you know, well, analogy would be like the centaur that's shooting those arrows into the stars. And so it's kind of where we strive for a bigger, higher kind. Of perspective, and we look at things in this kind of bigger, more global, more communal kind of way. So, Jupiter and Sagittarius is very global, very yeah. worldly, very interconnected, you know. So that's that energy. Yeah. And then we put with that with Neptune. And what's so interesting is
1: that there's this Jupiter-Neptune square is one of the strong themes of the year. Mm-hmm. Because there's a the first conjunction on January 13th. And then there's additional ones in June and September. Now, right. Neptune also plays another role this year with something that is also rooted and begins in January. And that of... Neptune making a sextile to Saturn. So Neptune in January is a very strong key player, Mm -hmm. right? With that Jupiter-Neptune square, it may very well be, like you say, we're focused on what's real and what's not real. What's the dream? Mm -hmm. And is this a dream? I mean, connecting to our dreams, but yet also knowing when... You know, what does have a sense of veracity and what is just overly infused with idealism. Right,
0: which is so Jupiter and Sag, I think. And very so, Right, and I think that sometimes a s Sagittarius will bite off more than it can chew. You know, what I mean Sagittarius is very much about I call it the more, more, more sign, right? So I think again it's just looking at what you're saying is what are the boundaries? What are What are the boundaries? Because here we are, we're in this expanse of energy and we've got that kind of, you know, imagination, that insight, that higher kind of, you know, illumination from Pisces. But where do we draw the boundaries? Again, what's real and what's not real? Yeah. And I can't help but think how that might also play out on the world stage. If in the
1: beginning of the month, you know, there is all this sort of shape shifting, you know, will it be that there's also this sense of fogginess? I love that. Fogginess (laughs) and cloudiness. And again, you know, is this true? Is this not true? Mm. Or is there tails being spun? Uh You know, and does that have us feel, are we also feeling spun out. You know, but how do you connect to that sense of the depth of the knowingness? And I look mm. at both Jupiter and Neptune as different aspects of knowingness. Right. Right? That's the yes. Jupiter, the visionary knowingness, the I want to you know, come on from on on high to understand the context and understand the meaning. Neptune, that knowingness of, you know, deep intuition and the infusion of wisdom from the imaginal realms. And the spiritual and realms. And the spiritual realms. Yes. So, you know, again, it may be this sense of feeling a little wobbly or foggy or <laughs> um, unground. I mean, we just grounded and then we're feeling ungrounded. But just watch, I would definitely say, right, watch about what you promise yourself, what you promise others, what others promise you, again, is that grounded in also time and space? Right. Does that make it, sense? It, it totally it's makes so sense. It's so Neptunian. I'm trying to like get to it. But no, it but I disused. have to
0: say, you know, just from, for you, astrology buffs out there, I love that you pulled in that, uh, the Jupiter, Neptune, the similarities, because actually in uh, ancient astrology, Pisces was originally ruled by Jupiter and then moved to Neptune when Neptune was discovered. Nice. So we do have that kind of cohesiveness there. Yeah, the co of Pisces. So I want you to talk, Stephanie, about... <laughs> yes. yes, what would yes. That be? I want to talk about the Saturn-Neptune sextile. First of all, explain what a sextile is because it's very different than a square. So a
1: sextile is a 60-degree aspect between a planet and it's thought to be a much more supportive harmonious relationship that those two planets have and again Saturn Neptune sextile is something else that weaves itself throughout the year so on some level and we have this like microcosm then in January because both of them they both begin and they you know they occur and they begin like the seed gets planted and I'm actually have to say i'm very happy that there is that saturn neptune sextile as well like partnering with that other jupiter neptune one because saturn i feel like we can turn to to have it grounded you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. like how do you take your dreams how do you take your visions how do you give them how do you architect them? How do you make them real? How do you know whether they're real or not? Mm -hmm. Right. There's definitely some rooting there. And
0: structure. Structure. I mean, that opportunity to structure. Yeah. Right. So
1: it's like, I feel like as much as we might sort of go off in terms of sort of floating (laughs) in the middle of the month, we can root that down. And I feel like for all of us, right, having some sort of Um, structure, having accountability, having a plan, creating a blueprint Mm -hmm. for how can I hold, you know, my dreams, my vision? How can I make a shape that allows me to live my life more soulfully?
0: Right. And you know what, as you're talking, Stephanie, what it brings to mind is perhaps the idea of co-creation. You know what I mean? Where we are, you know, creating with a higher essence, right? And so we create the intention. We create the blueprint or the, you know, the structure. And then we kind of like partner or even like turn it over to that very Neptunian divine, right? And so maybe there's a way to kind of like you know, focus on how do I co-create with the universe, right? I set the intention. I, you know, I put it out there. And then I allow the divine to come forward, which is so Neptunian, and join me and we create it together. Yeah.
1: And that sense too, thinking about that with the Saturn, it's like if you find yourself feeling unmoored, that the mooring and the anchoring can occur by the faith, the belief, mm-hmm. and the calling the in, right? Yes. The remembrance of yes. the co-creation, right? Yes. And then the universal support, right? If things yes. just feel like they are um, wobbly. Thank you. I was doing <laughs> the movement. Nobody can see She's doing her. the wobbly dance. I couldn't get the word. <laughs> you know, that again, where do we turn to to find more Anchoring to find actually more back to what you said before the rooting mm-hmm. and how we stand by making it bigger than just us. Yes. To
0: feel that yes. divine support, divine guidance, what have you. Yes. What have you? What have you? So, we have one more thing that we have to talk about before we finish for the month. And that <sighs> is, we're already exhausted. That's <laughs> oh my, do we have the energy to even explore? The full moon lunar eclipse on January the twentieth, and this happens at like zero degrees, a little bit of change in Leo. So, let's talk about that full moon lunar eclipse.
1: Yeah, and before we get to that, just I was sort yeah of
0: feeding uh, feeding off of
1: reflecting off of what you just said, which is also what I was feeling, which also feels very Neptune-like. <laughs> is I would just say as you're listening to this. You know, and just sort of taking this all in. Do January just feels like there's a lot, right? Right, and it and it shifts a lot, and so just yeah. do what you can to ground yourself mm-hmm. and support yourself, and just take really yes. good, good care of yes. yourself. And that's not because I feel like it's hard or it's ominous. It's nothing like that. It's just like you feel like resiliency Mm -hmm. right and that sense of strength and really connecting to the well of our resources within ourselves to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm.
0: our ground our loved ones just feels important this month i think that's just a really great reminder with this very busy month very busy month so i love that you said that so um so going from that big picture to the smaller picture, although it's not that small.
1: Um, So like you said, on January 20th, there is a um, lunar eclipse with the sun in Aquarius and the moon in Leo. So this is interesting to me for a variety of reasons, right? The eclipses after this are going to shift out of Leo and Aquarius, and now they're obviously moving into Cancer and Capricorn. So I think this is our last sort of hurrah of the (laughs) eclipses, you know, in these two signs. And what's really interesting to me about the point at which the eclipse occurs, right, the zero and change Aquarius and Leo is Aquarius and Leo are fixed signs, mm-hmm. right? The other fixed signs are Taurus and Scorpio. Right. Now, what's Interesting is that if we go back in time, which might seem forever ago, but it was only about six months ago, <laughs> to the Mars retrograde. Right. Mars danced over this point, right, the zero degree mm-hmm. Aquarius point, three times right. its retrograde pass. Our friend, the lovely Venus, <laughs> in her last current retrograde. Right. In October to November, she also That's danced right. over that zero Scorpio point. That's right. And our friend, who we speak of very highly, or a lot, is Uranus, right? <laughs> Uranus, in its moving from sure. Aries to Taurus, Taurus to Aries, and then back, dances over the zero Taurus point. So all of these fixed points. So... I would say this, if you have already found areas of your life through which have been, um, maybe you came to this realization through, it was unexpected, I didn't really pay attention to this, I didn't see how these pieces could fit together in a certain way, but I have a new vista. And in that realm was the realm where you have found, especially in the summer, or I should say, you know, in June, July, August, September, to where you were re-understanding how you move towards asserting yourself and your mm-hmm. will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then months later, you that realm where you have re-evaluated what you value, what occurs right. in the mid to the end of January may really be a reflection of all of that because that eclipse highlights that.
0: Wow, right?
1: it brings it to awareness. There's an illumination. So really, just to see like for yourself what parts of your life have been, um, there's this theme that you have noticed if you look back to, again, wow, this is catching my attention. Wow, I'm realizing how I'm having a new vantage point in terms of how I fuel myself to get what I desire and also seeing is what I desire really aligned with my values. It may very well come to not completion, but manifestation. Mm. That felt very. I felt like I really wish
0: I had a whiteboard to explain all no, that. No, you actually I was able
1: to do it justice.
0: Okay. I think actually, I think you explained it beautifully, and I find it fascinating. And because I've never really thought about that before, and I also think it's so perfect for that full, full moon. <laughs> And then the lunar eclipse, you know, it's just bringing all of this into perhaps a new perspective. You know what I mean? So I love that. I also think with that Leo energy in the full moon, I think it's going to also hopefully bring a little bit more of a sense of buoyancy. You know what I mean? So I, right. this just feels very rich and it feels very full. And so I love that you brought that perspective in that maybe there is some kind of completion, which is so full moon, right? Yeah. Maybe something is coming full circle. Maybe you're going to understand it more.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting you said about also completion because now I'm thinking about it, the points that were connected to over this past almost year was the Aquarius point, the Taurus point, the Scorpio point, but the Leo point has never been brought in and now it Ah. is with the moon. Yes. Right? So where we connect to our heart, right? Where we find solace and nourishment through love, through generosity of spirit, through creative expression. Yes. But again, full moon, lunar eclipse, something really comes to life that also feels like it is shifting our directionality right of of what we're taking
0: stock of and ownership of in our life absolutely absolutely and you know here we are talking about the energies of completion And that brings us to the tarot card for the month.
1: Ooh, and what is it Well, I
0: thought a lot about this, and the card that I decided for January is actually the world card. And one of the reasons why the world came to me was the world is ruled by Saturn, you know? And the world, we've got all this Saturn stuff, we've got all this Capricorn stuff happening, and the world card is actually the last card of the major arcana. And so it's often called the graduation card with the idea being that you know we've journeyed through the tro and all the different lessons of each of the cards and each of the arcanas. and now here we are at the final arcana we've done all this inner work and now we take the lessons and we put them we take them into the outer world and so it's almost like a leaving home of sorts right and so the world card is very much about manifestation where we take what we've learned in our inner worlds and we begin to manifest it in the outer world. Now, it's ruled by Saturn, and one element of the world card, which I really love, and I think it fits in so well with with the vibe for the month, is it's also about responsibility. And the power of the world card is the realization that we are in charge, that we are creating our worlds, big and small, right? And that's the energy that began with the magician card, which is about intention. And here we have manifestation. And so here we become citizens of the world, where, which is also so Jupiter and Sag, right? And so the idea with the World Card is to be very intentional about how you go out and how you use your energy in the world and to be responsible for your energy, knowing that with each thought and with each action, you are a part of creating the world that we live in. And that is so. Frickin' empowering, I have to say. And that is another definition of the world card is empowerment. Because isn't that empowerment when you have the realization that you're creating your life and that you're a part of creating the world? I have to tell you,
1: every month when you share a tarot card, it's, there's always this gorgeous wisdom and alignment. But there's something about the world card with this January as it being a navigational tool For this month, that I am really resonating with. Like, it just feels like this beautiful, both compass, guide, and anchor. Yeah. Right? That helps to make me feel like from there, it's where I can understand my roots and feel more rooted. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Lovely.
0: Lovely. The world card. The world card. Well, I think, you know, I think that this is, uh, we're done, but I also. We're not quite <laughs> done, though, because we have a special announcement. So yeah, yes, that's we right. do. We are um, also putting together a So Divine 2019 overview, and it's going to be available right now at the same time you're listening to this on iTunes. And Stephanie and I are going to give you kind of the vibe and an overview for 2019. So be sure and check that out. I'm really, really excited about that
1: so thank you again for listening in to this monthly episode of so divine we want to thank our producers nick patry and sebastiano tecchio and also the overcast room at cloud studios in capitol hill seattle
0: megan I can be reached uh, through my website meganskinner.com or also on Instagram at Megan Cs and Stephanie Stephanie uh, <laughs>
1: I am at stephaniegaling.com or on Instagram at stephanie underscore galing and you can reach both of us at So Divine Ventures at gmail.com and
0: we'd love to hear from you. Yes, we love getting your messages. It's just really super. So don't hesitate to reach out. Also, both Stephanie and I post a lot, both on our website and on Instagram. So be sure and check that out because that way you can stay in tune. May this January offer you
1: the beauty of the world.
0: And stay bouncing. See you next month. See you next month.